What's up, everybody? My name is Cam, and I'm your host for the Big Yikes podcast. That's so real. Well, this is a very authentic conversation because I was like, I'm literally waiting till Allie gets here, like to, to record because we could have just kept talking. Anyway, Big Yikes Nation, I'm back from London. However, we're not going to talk about London for like a couple more weeks because I'm tired. But Allie, I got, Allie, I literally DM'd her because she has some crazy ass stories. And I was like, I need you on my podcast. And she's like, okay, say less. I didn't think, I honestly didn't think like, I thought it'd be a while. And then you're like, I'm in Utah. <laughs> Can we record? And I was like, yes. So everybody, this is Allie. Hi, everyone. I flew Frontier and Spirit Airlines, which I don't know why people shit on either of those because I loved my experience. So I flew in yesterday because your girl has flight benefits and I can fly anywhere for free and we'll talk about it more um for those of you who do not know which is probably everybody ali was friends with my sister in high school like junior high yeah i'm like you guys hula yes to dancing hula because when i was looking how we know each other i was like we danced hula well you were i was was baby i was baby well i was like four years younger but also ali was my one of my roommates my freshman year of college which is crazy so it was mikhail so it's just like crazy how we all end up back in like the same circle a little bit um yeah i'm like is there any i'm like that's how we know each other yeah that's literally how we know each other we danced hula way back when and then kiana and i were friends in junior high seventh grade and then we just made our way through college and here we are still i should hi kiana i should probably call you since i'm in utah so i'm sorry that i saw cam before i saw you to be fair, I told her you were coming over to record. And she was like, wait, what time? And I was like, not literally till like late. And she's like, I'm going boating tomorrow. And I was like, okay, boo. Like, but she's, Fine, she's Kiana. here. So. Fine, Kiana. Does she listen to your podcast? No, I was going to say, not you calling her out because she didn't even listen. So it's fine. Like none of my family, like barely any of my friends listen. I'm like, love you guys. Girl, <laughs> you do? That's so nice. Aw. Yeah, you're one, with your, you're one with your dad. It literally made me laugh so hard because I know your dad. And it was hilarious. That man got no, literally no thoughts in his brain. I have a video I need to show you later of him. Like I told him, I was like, I'm going swimming for the 4th of July with my friends, AKA layout by the pool. And he's like, there's some exercises that you can do in the pool. You literally live like two blocks away from my brother and his wife. Really? Where do they live? Well, maybe don't put that on the internet, but like what area? Well, literally right by the elementary school. Like the, like their house backs up to that elementary school. Damn. Yeah. Literally right there. That's wild. I'm like, hi guys. Because we're going to that pool tomorrow. Oh, you're going. Their pool's are like a little bit nicer, I think, because it's like more family oriented. Mine's like I gotta get there early because the girls like take up the seats really quickly. Vasa so, mm-hmm. Vasa Bros and the Provo girlies. Yeah. So tomorrow, I told my friends I was like, get here because <laughs> we gotta claim a seat. Um, okay, we'll jump into it. I want to know what you studied in college because you did not study flight attending. No, I did not. So I studied family and consumer sciences education. So I was a little teacher gal for four years. I taught for two years in Utah. Then I taught two years in Indianapolis. And then I had a breakup with my pilot ex-boyfriend. And that's why I became a flight attendant. So I taught for four years. And then I was like, I don't have flight benefits anymore. I need my flight benefits back. Either I find another, another pilot or I take it upon myself back up i'm like how did you meet this like pilot boyfriend ex-pilot boyfriend like while you were teaching like how did you meet him okay this is a i'll make it brief so you probably heard about desmond 
Yes, he is a reoccurring character. Desmond, Desmond is the most reoccurring character, I think, since I was 15 years old. So Desmond and I dated in college. And then after he graduated, he dated this girl named Rachel, who was literally the best. Desmond invited me out for his 25th birthday, which was my first year of teaching. So I go, and that's where Mario and I met, was at Desmond's birthday party. And then we dated for three years. You and Mario. Me and Mario dated. Me and Mario dated for three years. Everything like Desmond gave Mario approval to date me. So we dated for three years. We lived together for a year and for just over a year. And he got on with American Airlines. And I know he's not going to listen to this. Oh. Girl, I'm like the way that no one like <laughs> I have 15 loyal fans and I'm happy. Me as one of them. But so he got on with American Airlines and I was literally in Paris last summer with my mom and I found out that he got on with American Airlines and I was like, mom, we're going to break up. And my mom was like, you've been together for so long. I said, we're going to break up. I'm not moving to Charlotte. Oh, so is that that where American Airlines is based? Or like, how does that work? So when you get hired on with an airline, you, the airline pretty much tells you where you are going to be based at. And so he got based in Charlotte. And so I knew that I wasn't going to move again unless I had a ring. And so this was literally our conversation. I'm scared. Yeah, I'm like, wait, because yeah, three years. I'm like, that for me, I'm like, it's ring or we're done. Three years. So I come home from Paris. He's home for literally that day. He picks me up from the airport. We're sitting in the kitchen. And I said, so you got on with American? And he said, yeah. And I said, which means you're moving. And he said, yeah. And I said, and I'm not going unless I have a ring. And he said, I'm not ready. And I said, that's fine, but I'm not going. And that was literally the end of the conversation. No. No, it wasn't. Girl, it literally was. That was the extent of our conversation. And then, so that was the middle of June. Or the beginning. Yeah, the middle of June. And then our lease ended in July. Bye. Wait, I'm like, can I ask, why wasn't he, did he say why he wasn't ready? Well, first off, he cheated on me twice. <laughs> no! I mean, I'll call him out. It's not like, like nobody's ever going to find. No. No one's ever going to find. I'm like, okay, fuck you, okay. Mario. Here's the, here's the thing is, so he has cheated on every single one of his girlfriends ever with this girl who he dated. Didn't even date. This girl who he just, just had, keeps to, just keeps around since he was 14 years old. Doesn't care to like have a relationship with her. Like it's strictly just, just sex. sex. And so as soon I was, we were literally coming home from my best friend's wedding that I was a bridesmaid at. We were driving home and he was like, I have to tell you something. Because the first time he cheated on me, I figured it out. The second time. Girl, I, and you took him back after the first time? Well, because I was like, because I literally told him, I said, I asked him three questions. I said, are you dating someone else? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I only asked him two. I said, are you dating someone else? Are you seeing someone else? And do you still want a relationship with me? And he said he did want a relationship. And I said, okay, you know what you need to do then. And he cut her off. Okay. 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 You know what you need to do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Power. Yeah. So he did what he needed to do. And then this was like a year later and I was just, and as soon as I knew that it was Sam who he cheated on me with, I was like, there's no going back. There's no going back from this. But I was like still hopeful that we could potentially make things work. And wait, so you said the first time you figured out the second time, what happened? The second time, well, he, so I was in Arkansas for my best friend's wedding. 
for Thanksgiving and he had gone to Boston. He's from Massachusetts and he went to Boston to visit his family and it happened there right before we got to the wedding. And so on the drive home, he was like, I have to tell you something. And I did not see it coming. Really? You thought it was just like, you thought it was just like, oh. Oh, I had, I did not see it coming at all. But as soon as I found out that it was Sam, I was just like, there's no, I was like, there is no, like, there's no coming back from this. And the thing about him too is, so he's first generation in the States. His parents are from Ghana. And so for him, it's just like, he doesn't process his emotions because he's the oldest, like he's the oldest son. And there's like a hierarchy to their siblings versus like me and my siblings were that we're like peers. Like we're all on the same level. So for him, it's like he, he doesn't allow himself to like process his emotions how he probably should. And so so yeah, so he cheated on me twice, which like, fine, whatever, you can work through it. But then as soon as I found out that he got on with American, I was like, yeah, this is not going to, I'm not moving to, I'm not moving to Charlotte for somebody who cheated on me twice. Yeah. So how long, like what was the time difference between um, like figuring that out and then him signing on to American? Like four months. Okay. So you're like, maybe we work through the lot, like four months and then you're like, I want a ring. And then he said, well, I'm not ready. So mm. Yeah, well, the thing, too, is, like, we honestly were doing really, really well. But then when I was in Paris and I found out that he got on with American, I was like, yeah, there's no, there's no way that this is going to work out. How old is he? 29. He's two years older. Yeah. Honestly, here's the thing, though, is, like, he really is a great guy. Like, super awesome. You're like, but go get help. (laughs) Everybody, like, everybody who I know who like knows him and I still work with a lot of people who he knows and like I would never say anything bad about him ever but which is really nice on your part like come on I know because he because here's the thing is he was like literally the best boyfriend paid for everything for me ever paid for rent paid for all of our groceries like literally like took care of me so well so I'm just like I have nothing bad you didn't want to give me a ring like okay yeah but also at that point I was just like I can I cannot live this way for another three years. Yeah. So like just sitting in Charlotte, like I don't know what there even is to do in Charlotte. So well, Charlotte is cute, but I had already moved to Indianapolis for the relationship, and like, like that's and like Indy was just not necessarily it either. But here I am, still in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh my gosh! But I'm also I was just talking with. Some friends on the way back were like, aren't pilots literally known, like notoriously known to be cheaters? Like they're just like the top group. So here's the thing is I would say the majority of pilots who I have flown with are like the ones who are married are so incredible and like so loyal to their wives and are always FaceTiming their wives and like talking to their kids. But also too, if there's like a flight, I've never flown with any flight attendants who are overly flirty with the pilots, but I know that it exists and so I feel like when you have a pilot who's like insecure and then a flight attendant who's like overly flirty, then crazy stuff happens. But I've also heard from the pilots of stuff that flight attendants have done or said to them. And I'm like, oh no, I could never. I'm like, no, you tell. No, you spill. I'm like, what have you heard? Okay. So I was flying with my friend Elliot. Elliot's married. His wife is in medical school. Damn. Well, she's doing, she's doing her residency right now. Um, and he was telling me how this flight attendant like kept texting him and being like, we should have some fun tonight. And he was like, and he just didn't respond back. 
And him and the other pilot and the other flight attendant, it was a guy, they were like all going out to go get dinner. And she was like, I want to come, like, what are you guys doing tonight? And they were like, should we invite her? And they were like, let's just be nice and invite her. This girl literally in front of the entire restaurant was like, I want to show you guys my boobs. (gasps) (laughs) And literally in front of the whole restaurant, just like, like lifted up her Her biddies were out at a restaurant. Yes. And he's telling me this in the pool in Tampa, like at a pool in Tampa with this other fighter tenant who's like a chain smoker and is also notorious for having a boyfriend in every single city. Keep in mind, this lady is at least 60 years old. And and I, I could not believe that she has all these boyfriends. Good for her. But I was like, what in the world, Elliot? And they just had to like babysit her the whole night. And he was like, we regret inviting her out. I was like, yeah, of course you would. How old was the flight attendant who went out with them? Do you know? Probably in her early 20s. Here's the thing about flight attendants. I'm no better because I went to college. I'm no better. But the requirements are to have a GED, be 20 years old, and pass a drug test. And it shows. These people have never had any type of, like, post-high school no responsibilities ever. Most of them have been like waitresses, and I'm not knocking any of these careers. But like, we are trusting these people to potentially save lives on an aircraft when they're in the back with VR headsets on. I'm sorry, but I do not trust them. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's so true. Again, it's like not bashful, but you're like, guys, if you don't know responsibility or you haven't really like worked, then like, how are you going to be responsible for like X amount of people's lives? Because. That's a lot of lives. There's like, how many, legally, how many flight attendants have to be on board per flight? So there has to be one flight attendant for every 50 people. So some of the planes are really small and they only have one flight attendant. My planes, we hold 76 passengers, so we always have two, but never more than that. So then on the bigger planes, like one of my friends, he's a captain with Delta. And I think he said they have eight flight attendants working their flights. Damn, yeah, I think there was it. Yeah, I'm like trying to think about like the bigger flights I've taken. That's, that's wild. I'm like, what other crazy stories do you have? Actually, what is the craziest thing you've ever seen like during work that you, your eyeballs have just like, whoa, taken in? Okay, so I went up, there's probably two. So I went up to go to the bathroom the other day in Atlanta and Atlanta is just a shit show. Atlanta airport, there is nothing good that happens in Atlanta. I go up there to go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom and like minding my business and I walk back and there's this guy yelling in the airport. And I'm kind of just like standing by the gate agent. I look at the gate agent. I said, I'm just being nosy at this point. And this guy, he has to be drunk. But they ended up arresting him. And he's like, he's like yelling. He's like, my arms hurt. He was like literally yelling at the cops. And I was just like, what in the world is going on? So that and then on Christmas Eve... Okay, the thing about air travel is it's so unpredictable, right? We also have to remember, too, that there's so many airplanes going in and out of every single airport that, like, air traffic control and dispatch can only... Do so They can only do so much. So on Christmas Eve, we had landed in Newark, New Jersey, which Newark is actually the worst airport. Avoid Newark at all costs. And we land... And we have a tarmac delay, which is essentially like we're just stuck on the runway or like on the tarmac, on the taxiway. And um, we're sitting there for two hours. We're not at a gate. 
because there was a water line that busted in Newark. So we were at a ground stop. So like no, no planes were leaving. No planes were landing. Like we were just stuck. And this man starts screaming in the back, screaming in the back, being like, we need you to tell us the truth. What's going on? It's like, I want to get off this aircraft. And I go up to him. I said, sir, why are you yelling? I said, you know, when you start yelling on an aircraft, you look crazy, right? And he was like kind of lighthearted and started laughing. And he was like, he's like, I just want to get off this plane so bad. I said, you're not unique. I said, you're not unique. Like everybody wants to get off this plane. And I said, but unfortunately we are currently a car. Like as soon as you land, you are a car. And it's the most dangerous part of being on the aircraft is when you're on the ground. Because when you're in the air... You're 1,000% t- you're fine. But as soon as you turn into a car, oh, these people start acting reckless when we start landing. So I told him that. And then I also told him, I said, also the pilots can't hear you. Like when you start yelling, they can't hear you. And then the pilots were up there just literally watching TikToks. I shouldn't say that because not all of them do that. But when you're stuck and you can't, and you, yeah, you're, yeah, you're stuck and you're not doing anything for two hours. So I have to get all these people snacks. I have to get them all drinks. And they're worried about missing their flights. And I'm like, girly. I'm like, girly, no flights are leaving. We're coming in. Yeah, there's no planes that are leaving. I'm like, don't freak out until you're not on the plane. Oh, my gosh. Wait, that – I feel like – because I was thinking about it. I was like, I could be a flight attendant. But I was like, no, I don't think I have enough patience. I'm like, have you – has your test – like, have – hold on. Has your patience really been tested yet? Like, do you feel like you've been pushed to the limit? No. But also, too, there was an 11-year-old once who asked me to pick up his talkies off the ground. <laughs> and I deadass said to him, you're closer to the ground than I am. And then I showed him how to lift up the armrest so he could pick up his own damn talkies. <laughs> you're like, it's not that hard. <laughs> Literally rings his fight attendant call button. I go over. I'm like, hey, do you need something? Yeah, will you pick up my talkies? What? I said, you are closer to that ground and that bag than I am. I said, I'll show you how to lift up this armrest, though. Lifted up the armrest, and his mom was so embarrassed. She was, like, two rows ahead of him. He was, like, 11. Damn. Okay, I'm, like, I feel like this maybe would be annoying to you, too. Or what are your thoughts when they board, like, first class first? But we all have to, all the poor people, like, me, have to walk in the, like, after them. You know what I'm saying? Like, isn't it smarter to board the plane back to front? So here's the thing is people don't listen to any of the announcements we make anyway. So even if we were to board back to front, people wouldn't listen. And the thing too is first class gets pre-departured beverages. And that's why they board first is because we be making their little drinkies up in first class while everybody else boards. I'm like, good to know. I'm like, I think I've only ever flown one first class flight and that was to San Francisco. So it was like an hour and a half. They gave us like towels. It was really nice. But I'm like, I was always wondering, I was like, why? And I think one of my pet peeves is also when people, as soon as they land up and like get their bags, I'm like, honey, you are in the last row with all of us. You are not getting anywhere. No, they're not getting anywhere. It also takes maybe 10 minutes to deplane. Like, like you're going to be fine. Oh, there was this other thing the other day. This poor mom, they were flying to Israel and she had three teenagers who were two. She had one son with Down syndrome and then her other two kids were like severely autistic and it was like a nightmare because she didn't give that like they had never flown before and she didn't prep them and they boarded last and it was like they were like screaming they were punching each other they were kicking each other and like I can't I can't kick off this family but it was to Israel you're like girl it's a long you're gonna be traveling they're going to be traveling for a long time 
I only had them for an hour and it was, I mean, once by the time we took off and I got them like pretzels and drinks, they were fine, but it was like everybody on board, they were like, what in the world is going to happen? Because the thing too, people don't realize this. As soon as we close the boarding door, everybody has, well, before we close the boarding door, everybody has to be in their seatbelts. All bags have to be stowed. Tray tables have to be up. And the reason why we have to do all that is because we have to evacuate a plane in 90 seconds. And that's why people are always sticklers about it is it's like, if your bag is blocking someone's feet, then it's blocking their egress from getting out of the plane. And then during the safety demo, no one's allowed to get up because then we would have to restart the safety demo because we have to have everybody's attention during the safety demo. So it was like they were getting up, they were moving around, and I was just like, can't I was like, like we we, ha- we had to stop and it's like as soon as we start moving the aircraft people can't be standing up because it's essentially dangerous it technically is dangerous for them yeah but yeah horrible i'm like gonna you share more secrets that the people can know about being a flight attendant flying like your best kept secrets i don't know i'm like what can you share with us generalized big x nation my best kept secrets Honestly, just be nice to your flight attendants. Um, also, don't make stupid connections. Like the reason why, okay, so when you book on, let's say an airline's website and you book those two tickets together, the company is aware that you have that connection. So let's say you decide to fly one leg of Spirit and then you fly another one on American. Those two companies are not communicating with each other so that American Airlines flight is not aware that you are going to miss that connection if you don't get on your spirit one so people so a lot of people they'll buy like two cheap tickets and they'll give themselves like a 30 minute connection and I'm just like you're you're not gonna have time so my biggest tip is probably to always give yourself at least like two hours minimum between your connections just in case anything crazy happens um be nice to the flight attendants the pilots don't really ever come out, so I guess if you see the pilots, you can be nice to them, but there's really not much to say. Also, okay, here's another one, is the reason why sometimes we have to check your bags is for weight and balance purposes. So if like if the aircraft is situated in such a way that we have a lot of passengers in the back of the aircraft, we have to move people up because it's for weight and balance purposes. So when like your bag goes, rather than going in the overhead bins, it goes into the cargo, that affects our weight and balance. So people be like freaking out. And I'm just like, okay, you guys, they're, we're not just taking your bags because we want to, it's for weight and balance purposes. Okay. Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay, with like overweight luggage, like what, I know there's maybe some leeway you can give before you make someone pay, or like what's the absolute like, you're done after you hit that limit. Like you cannot put this on the airplane. So I don't think that there's a limit, but the reason why there is a limit is because you have to put a certain amount of jet fuel into the plane to get people from point A to point B. So if they like didn't weigh the luggage, they wouldn't have an accurate count of how much like the plane is going to weigh. Now, granted, they don't like weigh every single passenger. I have heard recently, though, that there are some airlines that are going to do that just to make it more fuel efficient because they pretty much just calculate like, oh, an adult human being is 180 pounds 
are you kidding me? The majority of people do not weigh 180 pounds. Most people weigh more than that. And then I think that they calculate carry-on bags as like 25 pounds. But you know I'm shoving way more than 25 in that bag. Every, everybody's weighing more. Everybody's putting more in there. So I know, and it's kind of the same with like Spirit and Frontier. People are like, people freak out. They're like, why can't we have a carry-on bag? I'm like, well, it's for weight and balance purposes. Like you are paying for yourself to be on that flight and for your personal item to be on that flight. You having a carry-on bag means that the plane has to put more fuel to get from point A to point B. But people don't realize that. So it's my job to tell them. You're like, it's an imbalance. Literally, it's an literally it's an imbalance, and this it's the same with putting your bags underneath the seat and having your tray table up and your seat back up, and having your seatbelt on. It's because I have to evacuate the plane in ninety seconds. Um, have you had to do that yet? I, no. I don't think so. Okay, no, it literally, like the amount of times that I've I don't know anybody who's ever had to do it. The chances of you dying in an airplane crash is like one in three million. You have, That's so comforting. Like, like the chance of me dying in a car accident is way higher. Really? Air travel is the safest way to travel. My, like the most dangerous part of my job is getting from my apartment to the airport. That's crazy. What? Yeah. And people be stressing out about turbulence. I'll be back there loving it. It is so fun. But I have heard there is turbulence that can be really bad the pilots do call us and let us know if there is going to be turbulence but sometimes there is something called cat turbulence um which it's just random and you can't predict it and I've heard of like the carts flying up into the ceiling people who don't have their seatbelts flying up into the ceiling flight attendants flying up into the ceiling because the plane will drop 30 feet 30 to 50 feet and an object in motion stays in motion so if your seatbelt is not on sorry but you're going to be flying up into the ceiling. I'm like, technically they can't sue, right? If someone was like, they didn't wear their seatbelt and that happened, they couldn't sue because they like. Okay. So if the seatbelt sign is on and this is what I tell people all the time. If the seatbelt sign is on and you decide to go to the bathroom, because a lot of people will be like, am I okay to go to the bathroom? If the seatbelt sign is on, I say seatbelt signs on. So you're using at your own risk. So then they think to themselves, okay. Yeah. Some people like you really can't hold it. And so they're like, I don't really care. I'm going to go to the bathroom. But let's say the seatbelt sign was off and we were to hit cat turbulence, then technically they, they technically they could because the seatbelt sign wasn't on. But if the seatbelt sign is on and you don't have your seatbelt on, it's on you because you decided to disregard the signs. Yeah. I'm like, have you ever been using the toilet at a point of turbulence? <laughs> no, but I did have my pen drop into the toilet and it clogged the it clogged the lav. And we got to, I can't even remember where we were flying to, but the maintenance people had to come on because it was clogged. And I called up to the pilots. I said, you guys don't be mad at me, but I think I clogged the toilet because of my pen. pen." And they were like, what? And I said, yeah. And so the maintenance guy literally has his arm shoved up into the toilet and it was my pen. So they had to put the lavas inoperable and they had to take the plane to maintenance like shout out to my pen like literally your writing pen my my actual writing pen i was waiting for you to be like no my vapor or something but it was like actually your pen oh i <laughs> ali slid up on my story when i was talking about how like people just smell on airplanes like people i feel like just don't shower before they get on an aircraft and sit they're musty like marinating assholes on a fabric seat 
It's disgusting. Also, too, I feel like I should not be sharing this much, but those planes are dirty. Yeah. Like. That one little, like, wipe they're giving you is not doing anything. No. Also, the crumbs. I don't know if you've ever looked into the crevices of an aircraft. Oh, it is. It is so crummy. It is so crummy. It's disgusting. Sometimes I'm just like, it's, it's gross. You know how they used to like disinfect like steam during like COVID? What did nothing now? No. Depends on the airline. We always have cleaners come on after we land. Some cleaners literally just vacuum up the crumbs. Delta is the one who actually like wipes down everything. Like they wipe down all of the seats. They wipe down all of like the seat belts, all of the tray tables. They wipe down everything. So the other, it really just depends on the airline. Some airlines too, like Southwest, I know their flight attendants just tidy up the cabin. They don't have cleaners. I'm like, okay, fuck, Mary kill airlines. I don't want to give you lit. I'm like, okay, maybe like Delta, JetBlue, and American. Because those are like the top three that came into my head. Okay, here's the thing is I haven't flown JetBlue yet. Yeah, I haven't, like, I don't think I've flown JetBlue in years. This is coming as, like, a work, I guess, a work or, like, I don't know. You can choose, like, what perspective you want to take on this. I would say Mary Delta. Of course. Like, I love, I love my experience with Delta. Delta's a little bit overboard, though. Like, their customer service is, like, I have to thank the passengers who are, like, thank you for flying with us today. You're like, okay, get off. Congratulations for being a million miler. Yeah. I don't care. But I do care. Um... Okay, I would probably say kill JetBlue mm-hmm. just because, like, I don't really know. I haven't flown JetBlue, but I'm thinking of flying JetBlue actually back to Indy. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess fuck American. But I really actually like American. I haven't had any bad experience on any flight. So far. The one time I flew with them, they gave me Stroopwafel, and I was happy. Ugh, it makes me so sad because it's actually United who has the Stroopwafels, and they got rid of them. And they have these little chocolate quinoa crisps right now, and it's just not the same as a Stroopwafel. Best airline snack. And meal. And or meal, like when you're on those flights. Okay, best. Hmm. Okay, so sometimes they have lemons and limes on board, and so I'll do like a Coke Zero, and I'll squeeze some limes into it. Um, The best snack, though... Delta, they have this new white chocolate macadamia nut granola bar. That's really, really good. Also, their little baby harvest cheddar sun chips are delicious. And then, ooh, okay, United right now in their first class, they have this dried mango. It's like half a mango and it's just dried and it's so good. Mm, And then American has these, it's kind of like a pita chip and a cheese. It had a baby and they're called Chetties and they're also delicious. That's so interesting because airline snacks are like made specifically like you can't buy them in stores usually like the Biscoff cookie you can't write some stuff but it's like do you know any further details about airline snacks? The only thing that I've heard which sometimes when I go to like Whole Foods I'll see the snacks there but for the most part they have like contracted business with a lot of these companies and like the snacks are created specifically for the airlines so I don't really know if uh, I don't really know. I'm like, next random question. What is the most common drink people get on flight? Girl, it honestly depends on the flight because sometimes I'll just run out of Sprite. I'm like, I don't have any more Sprite. I would say ginger ale. Ginger ale. Ginger ale is 
so common. Also tomato juice, which makes me actually want to throw up. Why are people getting tomato juice? They're disgusting. And I won't open the can. I will give it to them to open it themselves because I hate the smell of it. I absolutely hate the smell. It makes me so grossed out. Um, and Diet Coke. And Coke. People be asking me for Fanta. Girl, <laughs> do I look? <laughs> or they'll be like, is it free? I'm like, oh, honey, when was the last time you flew? <laughs> like, pull out your card. You can Venmo me. You can tip me. Right, but I am not allowed to take tips. Has anyone ever tried to tip you as a flight attendant? Yeah, and I, and I always, you just take it. How much? How much was it? Oh, I've gotten tipped like 20 bucks. What? For doing what? (laughs) Honestly, just like being nice or like going and grabbing them a drink because they were asleep when they, when we came through with the service cart. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's so nice. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, you just, obviously you take it. Except one of my friends literally got tipped a thousand dollars in first class. What did she do? It's a he. And I said, I'm like, so someone fell in love with him. I was like, how in the world? Like it was over Christmas and this lady literally whipped out like a $1,100 cash and was like, here you go. Like you were such an awesome flight attendant. Merry Christmas. You're like, okay, so I'll be working in first class next time. Thank you so much. Yeah. I said, how in the world? $1,100. But here's the thing is some people in first class are like rude. I've only or ever, like I don't I don't know. I've only ever had one rude guy who literally took pictures of the wipes after he wiped down his seat and sent them to United. It's like this plane is dirty. Actually. And then he didn't put his seatbelt on and I said, Oh sorry, I need you to put your seatbelt on. And he said, Is it clean? I said, Well, we can't take off unless you have your seatbelt on. So And based off your wipe, I don't think so. And then he just kept going on and on about how flying hasn't been good since the seventies. Like, girl, when you could smoke on the plane? Yeah. Of course. Of course, it's different. He was like, the only time flying's good now is private. I said, well. That's not private. Why are you on a United flight? Like, right. get out. Right. Just go fly, fly private then if you are just going to complain the whole time. Everything he complained about. Like, he sat in his seat just. <sighs> he was so pouty. And I had to deal with him. You're like, watch a movie. I had. No, he couldn't because there were no outlets on the plane and he was so mad that his laptop was dead. Like, that's my problem. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. You said you – well, you're going to be a pilot. Um, you've been working, you said, for about nine months. Is that right? So what made you want to, like, transition from flight attendant to captain of the ship? Well, okay. So first off, I know that I'm smart enough to do it. Real. Um, a second off, I know that I'm going to be on the plane anyway. Like me being a flight attendant, like it has, I will never go back to teaching. I absolutely loved teaching, but being a flight attendant, my, like the quality of life for pilots and flight attendants is unmatched. There's no career like it. I know some pilots who have 19 to 20 days off a month. They fly two five day trips and that's it. That's all that they do. And then they have 19 to 20 days off. Do they get, so they get paid for those two five-day trips and then they're just like balling? Like, well, here's the thing is some captains are making over like $200 an hour. What? Yeah. Yeah. So first officers make $90 an hour and you get guaranteed 75 hours a month, but you can work up to 160 if you want to. Yeah. But then it's, it's overtime after the 75. Like, do you get paid in time and a half or what? So I think it's time and a half after you fly over like 95 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
yeah, if you can work up to, I don't know how much the normal working class person, if you're doing 40 hours a week and there's four weeks, it's 160, it's like an equivalent, I guess. Yeah, it's basically equivalent, but we don't get paid until the door shuts. Same with the pilots. When the door shuts, you start getting paid. When the door opens, you start getting paid. You stop getting paid. Like at what time do they clock? Like, how do they track that? So there's a little clock. Okay, so how the doors on an aircraft work is you have to arm them, and you basically engage the slide. So in case we have to have an emergency evacuation, one of the levers initiates the clock that starts when our when we start getting paid. Yeah. That's why. Okay. So like transitioning to be a pilot, like what does that look like for you? Because you've already been a flight attendant. Was the process a little bit more simple? Cause I know like at UVU, right. They have an aviation program, but that's still, well, I guess technically it's only two years long because you have like two years of generals, but how does that look for you as someone transitioning from a flight attendant to a pilot? So my company has their own flight program and you can finish it in as little as one year to like 18 months and I get 50% off because I'm, I'm an employee starting at my year mark. So I'll hit my year mark in November. So I can, I probably won't start until March because if I start in November, they'll ship me off to Myrtle beach, which sounds lovely, but I already live in Indianapolis. So I don't really care to move to Myrtle beach and have to pay rent in Myrtle beach and rent in Indy. So pretty much how flight school works is you get your private pilot's license first And then, which is, I think, 250 hours of flight time. And then you have to work your way up to become a flight instructor. And then you work as an in-flight instructor. Or you can work for, like, flying the really tiny passenger planes. And you can build your hours doing that. But before you go to, like, a commercial airline, you have to get 1,500 flight hours. On average, how long does it take someone to get there? I would say anywhere between one year, one to two years. So it's, so I thought to myself, I was like, well, my master's degree would be two years. So why not become a pilot? And the teacher to student ratio is one to one. Like I have no, there's no point for me to fail. Like why would you I literally fail? have like a teacher to yourself? Yeah. You have a teacher to yourself. You have to be Makes sense. Yeah. Cause I have to like help you fly the plane. Yeah. So I, I like had a little interview with, uh, one of the admissions directors and I was like, I was like, well, I used to be a teacher. Like what's the teacher to student ratio? She's like, oh, it's one to one. I said, what? I said, one to one. I said that I'm, I said like, I'm not in a classroom with other people. She was like, no, like you, you come on campus, you have your like instruction time with your instructor. Then you go out and apply what you learned to the aircraft. So it's, and here's the thing is I taught home ec. So it's like, that's pretty much what I was doing with my students in general with the sewing machine and cooking. It's like, we would talk about it and then we just go did it. We just go do it. And now it's like, okay, so I'll do that on a plane now. Yeah. So it's going to be, but it's going to be hard because also I'm going from, because being a teacher, I was in a very female dominated industry. You're in the male dominated industry. So it's yeah, so, and as a flight attendant, I was in a female-dominated industry, and now I'm about to be in a male-dominated industry, which we'll see how that goes. I'm not nervous about it, but... I was going to say, like, you are, like, you are boss bitch energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that you'll be just fine, but I think it is a sense of, like, I don't have the girls to back me, and it's because it is male-dominated feel like, people don't support you already doing that, so it's just, like, double homicide, pretty much. Yeah. But the thing is like, there are a lot more girls now in aviation and a lot of people too are like, especially at my company, they're like, oh my gosh, I know like I could go do that. I could go become a pilot. 
but it's just, I think a lot of it now is like the mentality, like, do you have it in you to go become a pilot? Because they have way more regulations that they have to go through than we do. Like you have to get a medical exam done every single year. You have to keep your medical in check. Um, pilots, I'm not on any medication, but pilots are allowed to be on pretty much any type of antidepressant, oh, anti-anxiety. God. Yeah. Oh no, no, they can't be on any of that. They can't even go to therapy. Yeah, they're not. No way. And of course it's men because men don't do fucking therapy. Oh my gosh. No, it's it's so. Because we are entrusting our lives with people who literally can't even go to therapy. That is crazy. Yeah, because they have to be like in the best mindset. mental health yeah. and like mindset. So like I understand it, but also it's like, y'all, some of these people, like some of them are struggling. Well, actually, I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, I'm sure that's gotta be hard. And like, if you think about like, family factors too like being away from your family that's got to be really tough yeah but also some of them love it because they're just like, like the last captain who i just flew with he was he was like it's sometimes so nice to go to my hotel because i don't have to think about my kids i don't have to watch any of their stupid tv shows i just get to sit and watch whatever i want to watch <laughs> their husband or wife is just like oh. <laughs> with the kids like oh. and i he's like i can shower as long as i want to and i was like true because it's just like it's really not a mini vacation but sometimes it does feel that way do you, I'm like, maybe it's different because you're like younger. Do you like ever get lonely when you're out doing, cause you get to travel all these places. I'm sure you have friends with like flight attendants and friends in different States now, but do you ever get lonely because you're traveling all the time? And it's just like, you're going, going, going. So I think it depends on who I'm flying with, like the crew that I'm flying with, because I feel like I get a lot of my socialization throughout the day because they can work us up to 16 hours a day. Um, So if I'm flying with like a really, really good crew, then I get like my socialization throughout the day. And then once I get to my hotel, I'm a big, I'm a big time slam clicker, which is essentially like you get to your hotel, you slam your door and you click it shut. So that's what they, that's what we call ourselves our slam clickers. And so if I have like a really good crew, then sometimes like we'll go out to dinner. But I've had other times too, like a few weeks ago, I flew with this lady who was so overwhelming. Like I felt like I couldn't think to myself for four days And so by the time that I got to my room, I was just like, I don't want to be around anyone. I just want to be by myself. But then there are other times too where like the pilots might not really talk a lot and like the other flight attendant might not talk a lot. And so when I am on my overnight, I'm just like, yeah, this is kind of boring. Or if I have an overnight longer than like 15 hours, Mm -hmm. then I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I here? Um, couple follow-up questions regarding traveling. So I've seen on your stories, like sometimes you'll buy your own groceries or like bring your own snacks. Um, do, does the airline ever like pay for your meals when you stay there or like room service? Like what are the vibes? So, mm, eh, okay. So we get this thing called per diem, which is essentially the company pays you a certain amount of money to cover like your cost of being away from home. So for flight attendants, Ours is just above like $2, but that starts from the beginning of our trip until the end of our trip. So it can actually add up really, really quickly. So like a couple months ago, my per diem check was over like $900 and it's not taxed because you're away from home. So for me, I bring all of my food, but some of these people, I don't going out. I don't even want to know how much money they're spending on food and airport food. Airport food is expensive. It's expensive. I mean, we do get a discount, like maybe 15%, maybe 20%, but it's still not worth it. But some of these people, and then two, I'm sorry, but these people have no excuse for 
because I find with a lot of like insecure flight attendants, everybody has their own insecurities. When anybody on a trip tells me they're like, because I bring all my own food, they're like, oh, Ali, you're so good. They're like, what are you going to do when you get to the hotel? I'm like, I always go to the gym. As soon as I get to the hotel, I always go to the gym. They're like, oh, I really need to do that. They're like, my uniform's been fitting too tight. I said, do you bring your food from home? No. No, you buy it. Like, hmm. They buy all their food. I'm like, do you ever go to the gym at the hotel? No, I really need to. Then do it. (laughs) Right. And like you, I'm like, how much do you drink? They're like, oh, I drink a lot. So it's like all all these factors are adding up. That's why you feel like your uniform's a little tight. And that's, I'm like, and that's okay. Like if you want to size up, size up, but like take care of yourself. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing about this job is if you are not taking care of yourself, you will get sick so much. Just because like all the germs, all the, yeah, yeah all the germs also going from like different climates. So let's say like in the winter we start in New York city and then we end up in Miami. It's like, yeah, it's a shock to your body. So you, you have to take care of your body. You have to drink water. Oh, that's another tip with being on the plane is please, please drink your water. That's really, Oh, also everybody, you need to be watching the um, safety demo or at least reading this, uh, the safety information card. Because if you don't do either of those and we have an emergency evacuation, I actually owe you nothing because you decided not to watch. You're like, you can be left on the aircraft. Thank you so much. Yeah, like you probably aren't going to pull down on the mask because you didn't notice in the safety demo that you have to pull down on it to initiate the oxygen releasing from... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah when the masks drop. Or you probably also didn't realize that you're not supposed to inflate your life vest until after your aircraft. Because if the if it fills up, then you'll float to the top. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So those are my tips. Drink water. Watch the safety demo. Be nice to your flight attendants. Yeah. Yeah. So the gym. I was going to say, like, what's your favorite outlet? I know you run a lot now these days. I'm like, she's in her running era. Um, yeah. Is that, like, your favorite outlet? I think of just, yeah, you're, you're standing, right? Or you're, like, you're walking around, but you're not, like, getting a ton of movement, I feel like, on an airplane. So, yeah, what – what were you able to do or like, how did you find your love for running? Literally I had an overnight in Boston and I was in the gym and I was like, I think I'm just going to run a mile. And I just did it. And it took me like 14 minutes. I was like, I know I can do faster than that. And so then I just like kept running and then I kept like increasing the length and now I can run like nine miles on any given day. And sometimes I'm like, if you would have told me a year ago that I'd be running nine miles, there's no way that I would have even believed you. But no, I mean, with this job, you really have to take care of yourself because most of these people are not taking care of themselves. Oh, this is my favorite thing. So we stay at a lot of double trees. Have you ever stayed at a double tree? No. So they have a cookie that they give you. Wait, I've heard of like places that will give you the cookie, but I've never heard of double tree. Yeah. So double tree is by Hilton. And they always give you a warm chocolate chip cookie upon arrival. And they're so delicious. And it makes me laugh every single time that these flight attendants are like, oh, no, I'm not going to eat the cookie. You can have my cookie. I'm like, shoot, I'll take your cookie. And then they're like, I'm really trying to watch what I eat. And then they literally, the airport food. Then they literally are drinking like a frappuccino in the morning with a breakfast sandwich and then getting pizza for lunch. I'm like, girly, that cookie is the least of your problems. You're like, you should have just taken the cookie, honestly. Should have taken the cookie. Just eat the cookie. Like, who cares? But don't be complaining to me when you decide to sit in your hotel room and drink and not go to the gym. What are your thoughts on, like, airline credit cards? Do you have one? Do you, like, I have a friend, Amanda. My friend Amanda is, like, deep into, like, the rewards. Like, just a big fan of it. And so I'm like, 
what are your thoughts? Do you think they're like a scam? Like, you know, I just want to know the thoughts on airline credit cards. The issue is that I have not paid full price for airline tickets in over four years. So I really don't know which one is the best, but any of the ones that give you access to a lounge, I know is a really, really good deal because you get free food in the lounge and then you don't have to worry about going and buying like food in the airport. Um, but yeah, unfortunately I don't really know. Because do you have a airline credit card? No, because your flights are free. So it's like kind of, what's the point? I fly for free 50 free everywhere. So there's no point in me even owning a travel credit card. Where is the coolest place you've traveled to for free 50 free? Well, okay. Edinburgh. Oh, you went to Edinburgh. I, I didn't like it. I'm sorry. What? I didn't like it. I think, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to sound like a, a bitch and a brack table. You want to send you brown. But it was the last weekend of our trip. Like we, all of us were burnt out. We also, they didn't have anything planned for us. Like usually it was like scheduled packed. Uh, we went and saw the castle and then we were supposed to do a boat tour, but it rained like the whole week. So like, sorry, we had to cancel and we all had to write final papers. So they were like, you can explore on your own. And all of us were like, I looked at hop on hop like bus tours. It only went in a circle. So I was like, what am I? I mean, we went shopping and it was fun, but I was just like, I don't like, I just think cause it's slow. It's slower paced. And I was like, I don't love it. Yeah. Did you at least go and see the street that Diagon Alley was inspired by? Yes. Okay, but did you like that? It was fun. Yeah, and then we saw this cute little... I have to... We ran into a guy on a bike. Like, he saw a bunch of us taking photos, and he was like, yeah, this is like... This was on a travel... It was on something, right? It was rated, like, one of the top things for tourism. So we're like, oh, that's cool. Like, we didn't even know. I got a cool pair of shoes while I was there, and the castle was really pretty. Like, and my mom's side of, like, her side of freaking the family was there. So I think... I milked my essay for a little. I was like, my mom's side of the family, so I should go study there. But... The people weren't, the people didn't love us, given we were a group of like 20. Um, but I was like, damn, they really don't like, I don't know. Well, yeah, what was your experience with Scotland? Oh my gosh, I, me and Mel like loved Edinburgh. It was so fun. Um, we had like the best tour guide one morning and we did like a walking tour. So that was really awesome. And then my mom's like co-director of their study abroad she did like a Harry Potter walking tour for us. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And we went to the cemetery where JK Rowling got like a bunch of names. Yeah. So that was fun too. I've literally never read Harry Potter in my entire life, but, I've seen but I love the movies. Yeah, I've seen the movies. And so that was cute, but I really haven't been able to use my flight benefits that much. I mean, okay, granted, I literally went to Edinburgh and I went to Paris. And I went to Amsterdam this year, but I also went to Paris and Amsterdam last year. So it's like, I want to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, and so when my best friend didn't want to go to Tahiti, when Tahiti had 76 open seats because she was packed for Paris and not Tahiti, that made me a little angry. I'm like, girl, you're flying for free. So you either pick... <laughs> Wait, was she flying for free? So everybody on my flight benefits just has to pay the taxes. Okay, but it's like $30, right? Yeah, so like Mel, I think she flew to Europe for under $100. I want to cry. Like I think about how much I paid for my flight and I... So I think I need to become a flight attendant now. I tell everybody to become a flight attendant. Like anybody who tells me that they're sad at their job, become a flight attendant. Granted, the first year is a struggle because the airlines are all based on seniority. And so when you start, you're at the bottom of the seniority list. It doesn't matter how much you work. doesn't matter how, how hard you work. doesn't matter like how good you are at your job. It's all based on seniority. 
And so like the hardest part about the job is when you're on reserve. Okay. So in like a normal job, if you call off from work, pretty much like the company can still function without you. Now on an airplane, legally, that plane cannot take off without two pilots and our plane's two flight attendants. So they have a whole bunch of us on reserve, which is essentially like somebody calls off, they use one of us, they give us a two hour call out. So from 3 a.m. till 3 p.m., 20 days out of the month, I was on reserve, which basically meant like I had to be available from 3 a.m. till 3 p.m., because they could call me at any point, any given day. And then they could put me on anywhere between a one to five day trip. So it'd be like, hey, we have a five day trip for you. You need to be at the airport. In two hours. hours. Yeah, in two hours. So it's really, really hard, like the first year. And honestly, the turnover rate is bad. Like when I started, my class was over 100 people, and now there's only like 40 something left of us. No way. Okay, wait, can I ask how much uh, going to school was? Oh, like training? Oh, it didn't cost anything. You just have to get hired. Yeah, you just get hired on. Now, okay, so I think it's American Airlines. They don't pay for their training. You're going without pay for six weeks. Delta, I don't know how much Delta kids paid for training. I only got paid minimum wage, but I got paid per diem. And you're in the classroom for like 12 hours a day. I was going to say six weeks, but it's 12 hours a day for six weeks. So mine was only three and a half because I'm at a regional airline, but other airlines, I know Delta's is six weeks. United, I think they pay you like $140 a week for training. But, um, but yeah, my flight attendant training, I just got paid minimum wage, but honestly, like the paychecks were actually really good because I also got paid per diem for 21 days straight. So pretty much like, let's see how much it would have been. Do some math on the calculator real quick. Um, Okay, so paid training, but regional, the meaning you were staying, like, sorry, what does that mean? Oh, okay, so SkyWest is, like, the most common here on the East Coast. So basically what a regional airline is, is the major airlines contract out with smaller airlines to take people from hubs to the smaller towns. So, for example, like, Delta is not going to send a 777 aircraft that holds, like, over 200 people from, let's say, Salt Lake City to... San Bernardino, California, because there's not 200 something people going there. There might be like 70 people who book a flight. So because Sky West is mostly out here on the West Coast, they'll contract with Southwest and send out a smaller aircraft. So for me, I fly for Republic Airways and we mostly do like the East Coast flying. That's like the majority of what we're doing. Yeah. So, okay, I have to calculate how much my per diem was multiplied by... 21 okay yeah so my per diem was like over $1,100 and that's not taxed so you're making good money yeah so during during that time I mean now now I work a lot like I'm crediting I think over 110 hours this next month and a full schedule is 75 hours so I'm doing a lot of work but the paychecks are nice and I have nothing else to do what else am I gonna do real well okay question like even though you have like scheduled time off, do you ever get like requested pay time off? Like, can you build stuff like that, you know, or so there's literally, okay. Personally, unless you have something like super, super important, like a wedding. Yeah. I don't see a reason to like use your PTO because literally right now I have six days off. Why would I use PTO 
when I could just like schedule my trips around when I have days off. How far do they schedule you out? So you can kind of like plan a month. So on the 13th of every single month, I put in like my schedule request. And then on the 20th of each month, we get our, our schedule comes out the 23rd of every single month. We can like drop trips on our schedule. So there's some people who I know who don't ever work. They just drop all of their trips because as long as you have somebody to cover your trip, that's all the company cares about. They don't care about how much you work. All they care about is that, is that they, is that somebody is working the trip. So then we don't lose money. So yeah, there's some people like there's this one girl who I know who she like never works. She just drops everything. She just drops all of her trips. Does she not have a, does she have another job? Cause it's like, you're not getting paid cause you're not working. I have no idea. I'm not nosy enough, but, but yeah, there's some people like last month I literally dropped everything that I had and then I just picked up different trips because I was like, I didn't really like my schedule. So I was like, okay, let me drop everything. But you have to do it really, really quick because if they don't have enough people to like cover who could take the shift, then you you have to go. Yeah. Yeah. How like offering it up? Is there like an app that you can be like, Hey, I'm dropping these. Like, does someone want them or like a group chat? Like what's that like? So there's like a website, it's called Flicka, and we pretty much just like put everything on there. Like that's where the company adds and drops and swaps all of our trips, but there's like Facebook groups. So people will be like, but this is the other thing. I literally picked up a day trip. So like just one, like one day of me flying from Indy to Newark and Newark back to Indy, this girl was offering $175 for, for somebody to take it. I picked up that shit so fast. She Venmoed me the $175 and then because this last week... Uh, I got worked into my day off because we had so many cancellations. The company allowed me for next month to choose a day off that I wanted off. And so I just dropped that trip. So you got $175 for free. Literally for free. You're like, eh, outsmart the system. Outsmarting the system. And people are always like, how do you do that? I'm like, y'all have to be stay on top of it. Reading those Facebook group chats. Reading the Facebook group chats. Also just knowing your system that you're, that you're working with. Because some people, I know people who don't even, they pay somebody else to make their schedule for them. They'll pay them like $50 a month. I'm like, you take that on as a side hustle for sure. Yeah, but I would not want to do that. Even though I know how to work it, but no. Yeah, I'm like, who, yeah, do they just throw everything into a generator and they're like, here, is that what, okay. Yeah, yeah that's sort of how it works. And then we don't really have like managers. Like you've seen the fiasco that's been like this last week of all these people at airports. Also to everybody, please buy trip insurance. All these people, I will will always buy trip insurance. All these people who are stuck in these airports didn't buy trip insurance. I don't feel bad for you. You decided not to buy trip insurance and you're stuck in the airport for three days. I'm going to cost you. I'm sorry, but that's on you. The company owes you nothing. Because it's like, of course I'm going to spend the extra like what, $100 to like protect my trip because then they like have to deal with me. Right. Like they have to give you a hotel. They have to make sure like you are accommodated. These people who forgo it. I'm sorry, but I don't feel bad for you. You were the one who decided, oh, I'm going to spend $2,000 on this ticket, but I'm not going to get the trip insurance. And now you're stuck in Newark, New Jersey for three days, which also too, why don't you just rent a car and drive home? Yeah. But also I'm like, two, you buy it because you never know with like all the strikes going, right? Like if things are going to be working or not. True. Yeah. A lot of pilots, American Airlines right now and Southwest pilots, they have a lot of contracts that they are working through. And so their pilots right now are striking. Yeah. What's the big controversy? Why are people striking? Mm, 
It's really just so each company has their own contract and like the pilots or flight attendants are unionized. And so they're just like working through their contract. And I mean, here's the thing is aviation is booming right now. These companies need pilots like so much and their companies can't function without pilots. Literally, yeah. So yeah, pilots just don't be showing up. Sorry to, sorry for to real they just they literally just are like we're not getting like is the benefits aren't good or we're not getting paid enough it's not fair so we're not showing up so i'm not super familiar with i'm actually not familiar at all with their contracts um i'm familiar with my contract and somewhat familiar with like my company's pilot contract um but for the most part it's like usually has to do with like pay or like days off or like i honestly have no idea what other things but most of these contracts have been in the works for like years so pilots are just fed up. Honestly, as they should. Um, you're going to be one. So you got to start learning that contract, girl. I know. It's going to be literally the hardest thing that I've ever had to do probably in my whole life. Going to get your wings. But it's one of those, you feel like you're genuinely one of those people. It's like, you'll do it without like, no one's going to look at you and be like, no, you can't do it. It's like, no, she'll, she'll do it and she'll be great. And no one ever, you know what I'm saying? You're just one of those people. I'm like, yeah, of course she would. Of course she'd like. Right. I keep telling people I'm like, because I sew a lot, I'm like a plane is just a bigger sewing machine. Like I know how to use, like I know the sewing machine, like the back of my hand. I know exactly what to use, like what to do to do whatever I need to do with a sewing machine. I'm like, it's going to be the same with an airplane. True. I'm like, you can sew. I cannot. But I do want to learn what is it cr- to crochet. I want to oh, crochet a sweater vest. Yeah. I have been learning to knit and crochet lately, and it's just, like, not really my cup of tea. I just prefer sewing. If I could sew, I took that one class in, what, like, the ninth grade, and nothing just clicked for me. Like, I really failed at the pillowcase, so I think that was where I just stopped my career. Some people are really good at it, and some people just aren't good at it. Yeah, like, you and Mel do have – I'm like, you got it from your mom. <laughs> Big facts. We did. She is a sewing queen. So in the future, yeah, I'm like, your future plans. Obviously become a pilot, but, like, where do you see yourself – in the next five years. Girl, let's hope I'm married and have babies. Okay, oh yeah. I'm like, let's circle back to dating. So you've been broken up for how long now? Like over a year. Have you like, how do you like, he, like healing? Are you back into dating, like the dating scene? Or are you just kind of like chilling where you're at? What's the vibe? Okay, so I have something in the works. I'm like, do it. You don't have that many people who listen to this. I know, like, it's sad. But it's fun. For me, it's like, okay, when I tell people, I'm like, I have a podcast, but it truly is like a time capsule for me and my friends. True. So that's how I look at it. true. Okay, so I flew with this lady. She was a flight attendant who I flew with. And she's telling me about, she has five sons. She's like, Ali, I really want you to meet one of my sons. And I I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to. Um, and she was like, but how do you feel about prisoners? I said, I said, what? You said play Britney Spears, mama. I'm in love with the criminal. I was like, what? I said, well, first off, she dropped that so casually, like, like so nonchalant. She was like, She's like, I really want to introduce you to my oldest son. I said, oh my gosh, I would love to. Like, do you have pictures? Like, can you tell me more about him? She was like, well, how do you feel about prisoners? And I was like, You're like, what do you go away for is the question. Never really thought about it. I said, but like, what was, what is he in for? And she was like, he got locked up when he was 17, 16 for armed robbery. Yeah. Big, big I'm like, how big was the group? So, so he grew up on the South side of Chicago. She had him when she was 15 um and just like like, was it a single parent household Mm -hmm. 
So teaching in Indianapolis, like I've seen a lot of this, like a lot of this has happened. Um, and it's very common because it's like, they don't know any different. Like, like my little school brain is like analyzing this man. Yeah. They leave, they leave house, they leave their home at like 11 years old. They go to the streets and all that, and all that they know is like gang behavior because it, at that point, what their family is, it's survival. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. They're, they're not, they're not going home to a house that has electricity, that has a, has a fridge that's full of food. They're literally surviving from like day to day. Mm -hmm. Um, and so at 16, his cousin was like, Hey, let's go rob this place. And they were like, yeah, we go. And so, yeah, so he got locked when he was 16. He's now 29. So they had him. Yeah. I'm like, did they charge him as an, I mean, I don't know charge how much you know. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. yeah charge him as an adult. And, um, but he has... I don't want to say like he's finessed the prison system, but he keeps suing the state of Indiana for cruel and unusual punishment and has won like hundreds of thousands. Yeah, of I'm like, as he should, because I'm like, the whole system's fucked. I mean, we all know that. And I one day will dismantle it. However. Yeah, yeah exactly. And he also helps other inmates like also in court cases. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's told me he's like, he's like, the thing about it is a lot of the people in here are like wrong place, wrong time, wrong crowd. He's like, but then there's people who like, killer moms eat their brains. There's some people who like actually like should be in there. But also I think like as awesome he's been able to finesse this system because the government and like even like lawyers don't do enough to say like, you know, like we we can do this or this is possible. They're just like do the bare minimum. Right. Also he's brilliant and a lot of these people in prison, like they weren't they weren't given like some of them have not been given the chances to like Yeah, exactly. And so for him, like really all that they have access to is like books and pretty much every single court case that has ever existed in the history of the United States. So this man is, is reading. He's being educated. Yeah. He is reading. So, so yeah, I have a little jail boyfriend and he gets out in September and yeah. Do you like pen pal? Do you call? Like what's the vibe? Yeah. We pen pal. It is. It's just like a funny little, it's just, it's it's so funny. Cause you're like, when would I ever be here? Right. When, when would I ever? And so, so yeah, we just like, we pen pal and he can like he can really call me like whenever and we how long has this been going on i was just like three months but he gets out in september and so i don't know we'll see but it's been so funny because i've been like so like reluctant to tell people and i'm just like also i don't care i was gonna say but literally who cares it's your life you know what i'm saying like it's what you do with it so why would i care if you're going out with an like i con. (laughs) Right. And also, too, there are so many people in this world that we pass every single day who have done worse things. No, I'm like, y'all want to talk about people who drugs. I'm like, let's talk about white collar crime. Like, you know, it's just stuff like that. When also, like, if you dig deeper into the system, it's interesting for me to talk about with people like, do you want to know why, like, stuff like this is happening is because the government's underfunding certain areas and it was literally set up for them to fail. And people are like, no, I'm like, you just don't get it. You don't get it. I'm like, no, y'all, y'all do not get it. It's kind of the same with, like, the whole, I, I am not a gun person. I'm not a gun gal whatsoever, but it was interesting teaching in Indianapolis where like my, okay, I would, if I were to get my master's degree, I would love to study, um, school shootings and how often they happen in like suburban white areas versus inner city black areas. Because my students in Indianapolis, I didn't teach in the inner city, but I taught predominantly black students. My students know that guns do not belong at school. Guns belong in the street. Yeah. Like, they know where to keep it. I mean, still unsafe, but, like, they know where to keep it. They would never bring a gun to school, mm. ever, because they deal with gun violence in such a real way 
in like the most real way that I don't, uh, I can't even, right. Like I, like I had a student who was murdered. So it's like, so it's like my students are dealing with it in such like a real way. And a lot of people just don't understand like what a lot of people in like inner cities who've never been able to get out of their, pretty much their lifestyle, their entire lives. Again, it's been set up and anyway, no, it's, it's crazy. And so sometimes I'm just like, so that's why I like with him, like his mom is so nice. And I was just like, you know what? Why not just, why not just message him? I don't care what, yeah, what's like, it, fill my time. I'm bored. Yeah. I'm like, if what's anything, gonna, what's it going to do to me? Like literally anything. Cause he, he gone right now. So you can't, nothing, nothing yeah. can happen. Can't, can't, can't do anything. Yeah. But, but yeah, so that's that. We'll see what happens there. Do you, I'm like, do you want kids? Like, do you want dogs? Do you want cats? Like, Girl, what do you want? I want to be pregnant right now. Really? Yeah. I want to have kids so bad. Like I want to have kids. So bad, but also I need to finish like flight school first. Right. You want to be like kind of settled, I think, in your career. Like yeah. you are right now, but you want to be a pilot. So you want to go get that done. Yeah, I need to, yeah, I need to do that first. And then I can go have a couple of little babies. How many, like ideally, would you like? God, I don't know, maybe four. Four? I okay. To, I used to be so like, I'm not going to get married and have kids. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, I want to have kids. Anytime we have a baby on the plane, I'm just like... Oh, when I get to hold the babies because the moms are like traveling by themselves and they have to put up the stroller. I'm like, girl, give me that baby right now. You're like, you can put up the stroller. I will hold your child. Thank you so much. That's how I am with my friend Tiana's baby. She's like four months old and she's, I'm just like, I love her and she's perfect and she like doesn't cry and she's just well behaved, which like, it's not that hard. They like have everything done for them. I don't know why they're crying, but you're okay. You're going to be a pilot. You're going to be a mother. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope I can get pregnant. Let's manifest these things for you I know that's what I did this year I was when people asked me what I wanted this year I said marriage pregnancy but like check my mood board but then but then I became a flight attendant so like and I'm about to become a pilot so yeah off to the side for a couple years but still what you want um is it just homeboy do you have anybody else are you like a one one man kind of girl here's the thing is I've had like lots of passengers who've hit on me and it's just like no this is no and then like and then people always say to they're they're like oh pilots flirt with flight attendants i'm like no they don't they don't half these pilots look like thumbs well i'm also like when are when do they have time talk to talk to you these pilots are not peter weber (laughs) and even he's like mid (laughs) they they are not pilot p and also here's the thing too is i love most of the pilots who i fly like the pilots who i fly with are so nice and so fun and they always compliment me they're like ali you are such a great conversationalist i'm like wow thank you so much because half these like i said most these people 20 years old don't know how to communicate don't know how to conversate like no they the girl flashing her titties in the middle of a restaurant it's not that hard. I, I've seen uh, TikToks about it and I, I've had this conversation with some of my girlfriends where I'm like, it's literally not that hard to like, people want to talk about themselves. So you just keep asking questions. Right. It gets to the point though where I'm like, it's not that hard to say, what about you? What about you? So I can answer. So, right. so you, so I can talk. Right. right. Exactly. So, so yeah, no, I've had a couple passengers hit on me and it's just like, no. So we're going to see what happens with the little jail guy. You said September. September. Well, I guess the end of August. August 20th. That's coming up. I'm like, how do you, are you nervous? I don't know. Should I be? Probably. I don't know. Like what, um, does he live where you live? Like what, you know what I'm saying? Is it long distance? So, I mean, okay. So he's currently locked up in 
Wabash Valley Correctional Facility. Am I? Should I even? Wabash? Where's that? Should I even say that out loud? Well, you didn't give me his name, so yeah, it doesn't matter. Big facts. Um, but yeah, so that's in Indiana. It's like maybe I have no idea how far away it is, but uh, he's planning on being in Chicago. Does the mom know that you guys are like talking? Oh yeah. Is she, is she so happy? Yes. Yes. Yes, she is. So. And you could, if, no matter what happens, you can continue with those benefits because the mother would put you on. Right. Yeah. So we're going to, so we're just going to see what happens and I'm going to become a pilot and we're going to do all the shenanigans, but it's going to be so much work and I'm going to be so tired. It's like going back Rewarding. To yeah. You're literally going back to school again after like taking a couple of years off. Yeah. Literally. And I mean, I was in the classroom to become a flight attendant, but that shit was so easy. People failed out of it. Like, that shit's so embarrassing to fail out of flight attendant training. I'm sorry, but you have to be... Like, dumb as a rock? Yeah, or actually, this is what I think it is, is you have decision paralysis. So that's what I like. That's I, that's what I prefer, like. That's what I refer to it as, is when somebody, like, cannot make a decision for themselves. They're, like, given a choice, and they, like, need to be... Like, they have to be coached through it. Decision paralysis. That's what I think it comes down to. Damn. Yeah. You can either make decisions by yourself or you can't. Everybody, you heard it here first. It's not that hard and you need to make decisions. So if you can't do that, then don't become a flight attendant. Um, before we wrap up, of course, we have to ask your big yikes moment. Okay. My big yikes moment. So this last week, we got stuck in Philadelphia. We were literally about to take off. My captain calls us and he says, he's like, you guys want the bad news? I said, lay it on me. Lay it on me, Jared. And he said, airport's closed. So Jared Bear, what? Airport is closed. Like where you're going is closed. Like where, where were you going? Like where we are currently at in Philadelphia. We were supposed to go home. Like it was the flight that we were supposed to go home to Indianapolis. It's a full boat. We have these, everybody's on our flight. This one lady in the back is so whiny. She literally is pouting in my, in the back alley. She's pouting. We were on the ground for two and a half hours. Luckily, the door is closed. I'm getting paid for those extra two and a half hours. But we ended up going back to the gate because the pilots timed out. We're like, sorry, girls. We got to get off. Then we timed out. And we got stuck in Philly for an extra day. And I was supposed to be home. And then we didn't get home until the next day at 4 p.m. And it was... Did you get a shower? Like, did, did you get anything? Did they board you? Mm, well yeah of course they always put us in hotels we always get a hotel no matter where we're at but because there were so so we call it irops which is irregular operations and this last week it was like there were so many cancellations oh my other one too was we literally got stuck in detroit and we drove home from detroit to indianapolis which is four and a half hours the captain was driving i was in the back sleeping you're like, let's go girls. We literally, I said road trip, baby. And the thing is too, we look like such an odd bunch whenever like we go out yeah. because when we're all in uniform, like we look normal, right? Be like, we look like we all belong. But when you're in your like street clothes, you're like, uh, uh, uh. Oh, I'm like, I would never hang out with half of you yeah. with any of you. Actually, I'm pretty much just hanging out with you because you know, we're vibing, we're vibing and we're having a good time. But yeah, that was my that was my big yikes. Oh, and then also Dennis Quaid was on my flight this last week. I was going to ask, yeah, the most famous, like, is he the only famous person you've had on flight so far? So I've had, like, Governor Chris Christie. He doesn't does count. count. <laughs> he does not count. I also had this lady who was, like, super popular in the 60s. Her name was Marlo Thomas. Oh, I'm like, but they weren't in Parent Trap. 
They're not Dennis Quaid. They were not in Parent Trap. Well, first off, he gets on the flight. He comes on first. And you're like, and he was like, can I put my guitar in your closet? I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. You're like, you can put your guitar in my closet. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, I, so he comes on board, and I look at my captain. I said, that guy looks just like Dennis Quaid. I was like, doesn't that guy look just, I was like, look at that guy. I was like, he's in, he was, I was like, he's in one foxtrot. Like, doesn't he look just like Dennis Quaid? He's like, man, he does like just, just look. Awesome. And, and I was like, I bet he gets that all the time. Well, so we get this like paperwork, and it lists all the, like the first, the first class, first and last names. Sure enough, Dennis Quaid. And I was like, Kevin, it's Dennis Quaid. Were you allowed to be like, can I get a photo? No, I played it. I played it so cool. I thought his wife was his daughter too. Until they literally kissed on the mouth. There's a 40 year age difference. That's how I'm trying to be. Because she's getting all the bennies, not just flights. Oh, her engagement ring? Was the biggest ring I've ever seen in my whole life. But they were so nice. He ate all the pistachios on the plane. I'm like, I too would marry Dennis Quaid with like a 50-year difference. 100%. I'm like, let's go. He, honestly, here's the thing. is like great, like you think about him in the parent trap, like so handsome. He's got kind of like a weird looking body. Like, like his legs are kind of like. I feel I like know. he is what Tom Cruise will look like when he gets old. Yeah. I think he's also, like, flat-footed, which, like, there's nothing against people being yeah. flat-footed. But, like, you know when they stand and they just, like, look kind of funky? Yeah. yeah. I think he might be flat-footed. I literally couldn't name another movie Dennis Quaid's in besides Parent Trap. So, I mean, um, got me there. Yours, mine, and ours? That's true. Okay. But besides literally those two movies, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all that I got, too. But Parent Trap, I texted my siblings, and my brother was, like, top-tier movie. And I was yeah, like, he really is top-tier movie. You had a big yikes and a big yay is what you had. Big yay, Dennis Quaid. I'm like, my big yikes moment just happened to me. Well, first of all, my big yikes moment is being back in America. I don't want to be here. I got back on Friday. Well, so it's been like three, three days. days. And I literally, as soon as we touched down, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be here. <laughs> was your flight direct? Yeah. Okay. Flew straight from. London Heathrow to Salt Lake, and it was great. I will do that. I will pay extra for that flight just so I don't have to do layover, just so I don't have to switch planes. Yes. I mean, I've only flown twice now, but I'm like, I will do it every time continuing forward as well. Um, so that's my first big yikes, and I can't wait to do another, you know, multiple episodes about my experiences there. But uh, today I was supposed to receive an Amazon package. I ordered, like, some vitamin supplements and, like, a new mascara not mascara, like an eyelash curler. Yeah. And it showed up at my neighbor's house and I've never talked to my neighbors. I don't, I don't look at them. I don't like, I literally just don't associate with them. Okay. Yeah. It's like the, the rule here is like no one talks to each other and right. we, Wes and I just went with it. Anyway, I saw like the picture that Amazon left. It was like on this doormat. And so I went over next door and I knocked on the door and I was like, I'm scared, but like my package is in there and I want to take my supplements. And so I knock and she was like, hi, I was like, hi, like, my Amazon package, I think, got delivered to your house. I sent a picture. And she was like, wait, I know you from TikTok. And I go, no, you don't. And she's like, no, I do. You used to do like really like you used to like spike your eyebrows up. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what you remember like, from TikTok. That's how you know me. You're like, which like I'll take like, I don't care if you think my eyebrows are bad. I liked how they looked at the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, but girl, be so for real. I'm, I'm funny and I have good outfit. Like, you know what I'm saying? You could have picked any other thing. Right. You could have picked literally any other thing. You could have just been like, oh my gosh, I know you from TikTok. You're funny because like, those are the ones I've gotten before. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it. But not my eyebrows. She's skinny and blonde. No. Oh, okay. I was just well. like, okay. But anyway, I was like, 
I was like, oh, well, I just live like right next door. So if you guys like need anything, you know, try to be like nice. Because I think the first day we moved in, Weston asked them if we could borrow their Wi-Fi because we didn't have it for the first day. And they were like, no. <laughs> what? I will give people my Wi-Fi any day. I will literally give people my hotspot. Like, yes, please use it. <laughs> it was just funny because they were like, no. So I think maybe because was, he was a man. I don't know. But I'm like, okay. So they were nice. But I was like, if you guys need anything, they're like, okay, like we're watching burlesque. So if you hear it and it's like too loud, like... And I was like, no, I don't, I don't care what you guys do, but it was just awkward. Cause I was like, can I get my Amazon package? Cause it's like, I got some stuff in there that I need, like my zip patches, like right. they need to go on my face, right. but some of my big yikes. I have plenty more where that came from. There's a lot of big yikes from London, but that's all we have time for. So Allie, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I already know that everyone is going to like all 15 people are going to message me and say, we want a part two, because I'm sure you have plenty of stories to share. Well, also too, like my, okay, my life as like a middle school, high school teacher, I have enough stories yeah. about that. And then now becoming a flight attendant, it's like my life, first of my life is so much better now, but I'm also just like traveling, having a job within the aviation industry is so exciting. And like, I get to answer the questions that everybody always wonders because nobody actually knows flight attendants yeah. or pilots, except for me for me and you have all the answers so you will be back the next time I catch you um do you have any final parting words of advice for my listeners about anything it doesn't have to be about flights it can be about anything well my my parting words of advice is to always watch the safety demo on the aircraft and bring snacks on the plane but not beef jerky because no one wants to smell it oh my gosh also if you are extra gassy on the plane (laughs) it's because you be like people be farting up there like it's it's just bound to happen like that's literally what happens is any snacks that you bring in like a package they always like like fill up with air it's the same with your body I'd be farting up a storm me literally me literally on that aircraft like every like everybody's so disgusting also too actually that's really just my advice also be nice to people don't be a little bitch and fly safe and also don't make tight connections. Real. My parting words of advice for this episode. Um, be in your academia era. I need to be back in that. I'm graduating next year. So I had some discussions with friends that I'm like, okay, we really need to hone down. So if whatever, wherever you're at in your life, whether you're in college or you're in trade school or you're just working, like be in that era. Um, I think this is the longest episode I've done so far. It's an hour and 21 minutes. Oh my God. Like a whole movie as it should be. People, people keep asking for video podcasts. I need to up clearly up my system here that we got going on. Girl, it would be such a dingy little film. I would love it. I need to get one of those old ass digital cameras and just like set it up on a tripod and record. Yes. Do you watch, um, Ricky Thompson and his friend Denzel, their podcast, their podcast is So so funny to me. Their setup is hilarious. I love listening to them. I always like apologize for the one microphone, but I'm like, at this point, it's just like, that's my brand. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, we're sitting at literally a foldable kitchen table (laughs) on two chairs from Facebook Marketplace. (laughs) Literally. And I love it. So I'm like, we are living in the trenches. But anyway, thank you so much. Big Yikes Nation. See you guys next week.